Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Across this house, will you give him praise and adoration for what he's done in your life? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for just being you, Lord. Thank you for just being you, Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know you've been standing a while while you're being seated. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter. Book of 1 Peter chapter 1. While you're finding that in your Bible, I'd say what an honor and privilege it is, as always, to stand behind this desk. And a, a tremendous privilege to stand in front of the greatest people on earth. I love this church, and I love the people of this church. Praise the Lord. I know tonight is Wednesday night, light for living, Bible study night, but would, would everybody be all right if I just preach and just talk? That'd be all right. Praise the Lord. Book of First Peter chapter 1, and again, I'll be mindful of your time. I seen some time back where I think after the late Bishop Tenney had passed away, it was on some sort of social media, somebody had posted a lot of his famous cliches or quotes and one of them that stuck out to me says that if you've been drilling for 30 minutes and haven't struck oil, quit boring. So uh, if I ain't hit oil in 30 minutes, I'll stop. How about that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. The book of First Peter, chapter 1, you can remain seated while we read this. Verse 6, I'm going to read verse 6 and 7. And, and uh, Sister Edith, we're going to refer to this quite often tonight. Uh, I want to pull out some points out of these particular two passages of Scripture. So if you are one that likes to look in your Bible, you might want to leave it open there. First Peter 1 and 6, if the church has it, said, Amen. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, now what Peter is referring to here is, uh, that our faith from time to time is going to be put on trial. He says, The trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perishes. And what that phrase means there is, is that gold, especially in, in these times that we're speaking of or reading of tonight, gold was a precious, precious commodity. But Peter is implying and insinuating here that what we go through in life, trials, tribulations, tests, are even more precious than gold. They'll, they'll make something of us. They'll mean something to us. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perish, though it be tried with fire. Everybody say tried with fire. Might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for the privilege to be in this house. Thankful that we can come to a place and an appointed time and lift and magnify your name and praise and worship. 
And we've come to this point in this service, Lord, where we're going to make a journey through your word. So I'm asking that you help each and every one of us, whatever may be a hindrance, whatever may be weighing heavy on our mind, I ask you to help us lay that down and to understand the word as it goes forth tonight. And we need you in this, Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, my faith has been tested more times than once. Praise the Lord. For everyone that is here tonight, uh, has been filled with the Spirit of God. We were, from the moment that you were repented of your sins and baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost at that moment until this very present hour, we have all been in a spiritual battle. When we, when we encounter, when we take on this walk with the Lord, we, there's some things that we face. There's some spiritual warfare that takes place. And we're saved for a reason. And in this life, it is the Lord's desire that he bring about the likeness of Jesus Christ in us. We, we realize as apostolic Christians that we are, again, saved, born again, and, and sanctified by and through the blood of Jesus Christ. And this, this sanctification or this pursuit of holiness and, and righteousness that, that we're seeking for or that we're striving for day to day, it's a, it's a process of where we are changed and the Spirit of God works in our life on a day-to-day basis, shaping, molding, equipping, and preparing us for what He has called us to be. And we're, we're not there yet, but we are in this process. And when we use the word process, process covers a, a vast uh, it paints with a large brush, if you will, because sometimes there's different types of processes. There's some processes that don't take very long to reach the end. But this process that we're in, it, it's going to take a while. And it's some of you have been on this journey longer than others, but, but it's the process. And I know I'll lose many people, probably 99.9% with this illustration, but uh, the Florida Gators have a new head coach. And since he was hired in, in uh, December, he talks about the process, the process, the day-to-day process. He comes with spring training. He comes with summer camp, and it's, it's carried right on into the fall, the, the process. Last year in 2017, the University of Florida Gators ranked 116th in turnover margins in the NCAA. Now, I know that don't mean much to people. But there was only 118 teams, so they're basically dead last. Monday morning, after four games into the season, after the great victory on Saturday over Tennessee, and after all the turnovers in that game, when the press was released Monday morning, the Gators are now ranked number three in the country. So the question was posed to Dan Mullen on Monday afternoon in his press conference, what is it that you're doing different? And he says, it's a process. 
They said, what is this process that you're talking about? He says, it's day in, day out, even some days when you don't see results, even some days when you don't feel no different, even some days when you don't think that anybody's even getting or grasping what you're talking about. It's a day-to-day process, and we're in that process, and we're trusting the Lord. And that Paul said, I press toward the mark of a high call, and his, his desire was to be like Jesus Christ. And he says, I have not apprehended yet. Or in other words, I, I ain't got a hold of this thing yet. I haven't wrapped my arms all the way around it. But you and I are called to be like Jesus Christ. We are saved and we're, we're kept through the blood of Jesus Christ. But in this process, in this process that we are going through, there is an end result that's coming. There, there is a, there's a climax, if you will. There's a, this thing's about to come to a head. It's about to change. The, and, and everything as we know it is going to be different. And the ending that I'm talking about is when the trumpet of God is going to sound and we're going to be caught up out of here in the rapture. Now, I know we don't preach about the rapture no more or, or not very often, but I want to tell us tonight that we're not just going through trials. We're not just here going through through tribulations. We're not just going through persecution because God doesn't have anything else for us to do, but everything that we face falls into God's master plan. He has to prepare us for this plan. God is getting ready for something. He's getting us ready for something. He's building us. He's equipping us, and he is preparing us for that coming glad day. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, for this we say unto you by the word of the Lord that we which are are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then Paul said this, Wherefore, comfort comfort one another with these words. And this is what Peter had in mind in our first, in our text this evening in his first letter when he's talking about the rapture of the church. He says, wherein rejoice. He's talking about rejoicing in the fact that yes, we have a present help. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He walks by us daily. Rejoice in that fact. But he's also talking about the fact to rejoice that we have a hope for the future. We should rejoice in the fact knowing that there is a coming day when the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords are going to split the eastern sky and Jesus Christ himself is coming back. We should rejoice in that fact. You know, people who don't believe in the rapture have no hope. But Paul told us to comfort one another in this. In what? The fact that we are alive and and remain, and we're going to be caught up. I'm not going to have to live with the chaos that's going to take place on this earth. You're you're not going to have to go through the unimaginable horror that is going to take place because we've got hope, and I've got comfort in knowing. And Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 8, but let us who are of the day be sober, put in on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I've got comfort in knowing that John said, Beloved now, 
now. We are the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I've got comfort in knowing tonight that in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, it says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall change. I've got comfort tonight in knowing it brings me comfort and I rejoice in the fact because I know that what I'm dealing with right now, I know what I'm going through right now is only a test and it's only for a season. Peter said, wherein we greatly rejoice and you know, we should be excited. Christians should be the happiest people on earth. You know, I I know we have troubles and trials and I have bad days on the job just like everybody in here. But I cannot for the life of me comprehend or understand people who claim to be born again Christians, and I'm not meddling, I'm just talking, are in doom and gloom all the time. They only see the negative I had a, uh, some time back, I had a close acquaintance who I have a tremendous amount of confidence in, uh, who is not, not of this way, who is not saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, but one of his close encounters had, had come into contact with someone that claimed to be an apostolic Pentecostal, and he said, I know nothing about apostolic, but if that's what it is, I, I won't know part of it. And we've got an obligation We're not representing only this church and ourselves. We're representing the King of Kings. I shouldn't have to go into a hard, God forbid, I go in the hardware store and the helpers run down an aisle to try to get away from me. We should represent Jesus as he would. You know, in the world, they they don't understand us sometimes. We go through trials and tribulations and we have all sorts of troubles and we lose loved ones or we lose a job. Or, and then on Sundays we're in here worshiping and shouting and, and giving God the glory. A Holy Ghost filled saint of God will, you know, they'll, 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 be, they'll go to the doctor and get a bad report and, and come in here on Sunday and you would never know it because they magnifying God and giving Him praise and glory. I have watched in amazement. And I say this respectfully, he's not here tonight. But I have watched in amazement as Brother Gibson has dealt with this season in his life. You go and try to encourage him or say something that might uplift him. And every time I do, I come away with a word and word with encouragement. I want that. I, I want that in, in my life. Uh, because we've got a blessed hope in our hearts, we greatly rejoice or we should rejoice because we know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, despite what I see, despite what I'm going through, despite what I feel, God is still in control. God is still on the throne. Peter said, wherein rejoice, he says, though now for a season if need be. Now, though now, see Peter, that, that phrase there, he's taken us from the future to the present, though now, telling us for a season, just for a little while, it's going to be. And that's important for us to understand because there are some who are going to go through some great trials, some 
serious trials and and we've all heard that the greater the call and the greater the test or you know the greater the anointing uh the greater the trial that you'll have to go through and in those who are called to preach or or teach Sunday school or if you're called to be a prayer warrior whatever field of ministry you may be in it's inevitable you're going to go through some things There's some under the sound of my voice tonight who know exactly what I'm talking about because you're in the middle of it right now. And if you're called, you're going to have to deal with things in our life. We we may not all face the same trial, may not all face it for the same reason, but our faith has to be tested. Our faith has to be tested to see if our faith is pure. And these trials are allowed and they're sent by God sometimes so that he can test our faith, not because he's on some ego trip, some power trip, but because God is preparing us. Peter said we are in a heaviness through manifold temptations. Now, he's not talking so much there about the quantity. He's talking about the various or different trials and tests that come against us. Do you ever notice how sometimes when you get through one thing, something else comes up? And then you, then you get over that hill and a few days down the road, there's another something else that pops up. All of them are different, but they still all have to be, have to be dealt with. And Satan, let, let, let me say this that, that everybody in the house already knows. If you're trying to live for the Lord, or do something for the kingdom of God, Satan is going to hit you with everything he has. He's going to go to God just like he went to God over Job, and he's going to guarantee God that if God will allow him to to touch you or tempt you or to do this and that or thus and so, that you're going to fail and you're going to fall and you're going to fold like a wet paper sack. Do a work for God. Start a ministry. You, 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 you set out to teach a Bible study. You, you, you set out to teach some young people. You set out to go start a daughter work in Madison. You set out to do something for God and watch and hide and see if the devil don't come at you with everything he got. See, it's one thing to say that we have faith. You know, when everything is going good, it's easy to shout and praise God in here on Sunday. When I got all y'all beside me and, and the atmosphere's just right and the, and the drums is hitting just right, boy, it's easy. It's easy to get caught up in the spirit and everything's good. And when, But when the enemy comes in like a flood on Tuesday, there's a trial or a, or a problem or some obstacle that I... I now must overcome, that's when I will know and realize what the fabric of my faith is made of. God doesn't allow trials so he can learn something about us. He's God. He knows everything there is to know about us. God allows trials so we can learn something about ourselves so that we can clearly understand and see what lies beneath the shout. Jerry, what lies beneath the dancing? What lies beneath the tongue talking? And I'll find out what is really in me when I begin to go through some difficult times. You know, a lot of times as Christians, when we're going through something or we're struggling with something, some people get the inclination that they just need to get to their self, maybe need to stay home a few weeks and get their self pulled together. Listen, I, I, I can't pull myself together. 
if, if, if I could, the cross, the tomb, and the resurrection was a waste of Jesus' time. I can't pull myself together. I can't fix myself. I can't change myself. And if I'll be completely honest with myself, a lot of the stuff that I go through, I put myself in it. I need the church. I need the body. I need the unity. But there are things that God allows and he will send the test and he's going to allow the storm to come. You know, Job was tried. And Job, Job lost a lot. And I, I don't know if, if there is. I, I'm, I'm apologizing to you up front. But I, I don't know of anybody in here that's had to deal with what, what Job dealt with. One report after another. This is gone. That's gone. This one's died. That one's died. Your children's died. Your health is failing. Your wife said curse God and died. Job curses the day he was made. And, and yes, Job, Job may have struggled a little bit. My goodness, who, who wouldn't? And Job said, and I, I'm paraphrasing here, but Job said, you know, if I could just talk to God, if I could, if I could get face to face with God, I, I'd tell him a thing or two. If I, if I could just get along with him, I got some things I'd like to say to him. You ever get all puffed up and aggravated with somebody and you say, the next time I see them. When I was a young, rebellious teenager, my daddy would have something for me to do or a list or something, and I'd be mowing or right, whatever it was he had me do. And I said, boy, when he gets home, I'm a man now. When he gets home, I, I got something to say to him. And I'd pump myself up on that lawnmower and I'd practice the speech I was going to give him. And, and when he, when he, when he come through the door, I was fixing to flip his world upside down. And there he'd come and I'd just melt like butter. You ever get yourself pumped up and then you just deflated like a balloon? Well, see, Job got his wish. He, he got what he wanted. He, he got that meeting, but Job didn't say what he planned to say. Job had been practicing and practicing and practicing. And when it come time in Job 40 and 4, all he could say was, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay mine hand upon my mouth because when I come face to face with God, he'll show me something about me. God says, I'm trying to help you here, Jerry. If you'll just look around just a minute and see what I'm trying to do, I'll show you how messed up you really are without me. Peter said that the trial of your faith, in verse 7, being much more precious than of gold that perished. Peter is he's saying here that our faith being tried or the process of our faith being tried is is more precious than that of gold that is being purified. See, gold is a perishable commodity. It's, it's precious, it, it's, um, it's expensive, but even, even though it, it is perishable. And when Peter is talking about being tried with fire, what, what he's trying to say in our modern vernacular is that, that when a goldsmith, when he's working with gold, and they'll, they'll put it in this container, it's called a crucible, and they have to... Get the fire hot, hot, extreme heat, enough to turn this gold into liquid. 
And as this gold is boiling in this pot and as, as the heat keeps getting hotter and hotter and it's intensified, the impurities or the, or the things that's down inside that really don't belong in the gold, they start floating to the top. And as they come to the top, this, this goldsmith, he can sift them or, or strain them off the top and he can, he can skin them off. And in this process of life that, that you and I go through, God allows trials to come. He allows temptations to come and he allows trouble and heartache to come. And what is happening to compare this illustration is that heat, fire, is applied to our faith. You may say, well, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. My faith is strong, but, but there is more to this apostolic way than just believing. We've got to live this. We've got to go through some things. Anybody can stand up here and say it over and over. I believe, I believe, and I'm all about Jesus. But when the devil comes against us, when the trials come, when we lose some things, when I'm struggling in my faith, when I'm in a Romans 7 experience where I'm trying to do good, but evil's all around me, I'm falling and I don't understand myself, what do I do then? What about my faith then? And then that's when we have to ask the question. When I'm, when I'm going along and everything seems great and everything seems good, but then trouble comes my way. Then all the talking is over with. The, the devil is going to make me eat my words. It's time to put up or hush up. Now I'm going to find out. Is my faith really pure? We have to ask ourselves a tough question. Is this real? You see, when the trials come, it's inevitable. They're going to happen. The shaking's coming. The turbulent winds are coming. The storm is on the way, and that is a given. And the decision I have to make, and the decision that you have to make in those times is, is my faith going to remain in Jesus Christ and who he is? Or now that I'm in trouble, am I going to put my faith in my own ability? Am I going to put my faith in my job or am I going to put my faith in the people around me? And, and we have to ask, is this real? Is this real to us? Is my faith real? Did I show up here tonight to save face and put a check by my name? Am I singing in the choir so everybody in our little old town will know that I sing in the choir? Am I even here preaching tonight or is this real to me? Is this all right? Is this really real to us? Has this thing been tried and tested in my heart? And in, am I really pure in my walk with God? And when he allows the pressure and the fire to come, those impurities are going to surface themselves. And I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I, I see some things that, that come to the top that I don't like. I see some things in there that I didn't even know were there. And I find myself like David. Lord, purify my heart. Clean me out. We'll see some weaknesses in our faith that we didn't know was there because those impurities begin to surface. It's some ugly stuff. Sometimes some hate floats to the top. Sometimes some greed floats to the top. Sometimes some backbiting floats to the top. And, and what he's trying to do is clean us out. And if we'll just 
keep believing, God's going to, I feel the Holy Ghost in this. If we will keep believing, God's going to skim all that stuff off. He's going to clean all that stuff off. And and what happens when the goldsmith gets through and the fire has been hot enough and the process has happened time and time again and he's cleaned and he's cleaned and he's cleaned and there's no more in purities that rise to the top and he can look into that liquefied gold and see his face then he knows then he knows that he's dealing with pure gold and in this day to day process of walking with the Lord and fumbling and tumbling and making mistakes and going through trials and troubles and tribulations if we'll just hang in there and let him keep up with the process let him keep sifting the impurities and the junk out of our life and when he can look at us and see himself then we'll know that our faith is pure is it real are we pure Ladies and gentlemen, this is not a game. And I know I'm preaching to the choir, but the devil is playing for keeps. Souls hang in the balance. How many many times, how many times have people come into this house? And I, I live in a glass house, so I'm not throwing rocks. How many times at this altar have you seen people filled with the power of the Holy Ghost? God uses them miraculously. Then one month, two months, six months, they're gone. Nowhere to be found because the test come. The trial come and it's coming. Jesus said that one man built his house on sand and one built his house on a rock. They both looked the same. But when the wind come, the one that was on sand, the one that wasn't rooted and, and, and the one that wasn't grounded, it fell down. So it may look the same on the outside, but, but when the impurities begin to surface, what will we do? I have to be tested. You have to be tested so that we can make sure that we're rooted and grounded and on a sure foundation. I am by no means an end-time preacher. And I'll say this very carefully. But in these last days, we're going to see things that you could never imagine And I do know this from the word of God. If you're not grounded, if you don't believe in this with everything you've got, you will not make it. Without this and all of this, your faith won't make it. But when Moses Moses came down off the mountain after after an encounter with God and he found the people had build a golden calf. He asked, he says in Exodus 32 and 26, and I didn't give you that, Sister Edith, but that's all right. But, but Moses just simply stood at the gate of the camp and he said, who? Who is on the Lord's side? And we have to ask our question, am I on the Lord's side? Am I going to stay with this thing? Am I going to persevere to, despite what I'm going through, despite the struggle, despite how I feel? all the mistakes I've made, the failures that I've encountered, am I going to stick this out and see it to the end? And I tell you that if our faith has not been through the fire, the answer emphatically is no. You will not make it. So when we find ourselves in the trial, in the heat, before we curse God and die, we might want to back up and take a look and say, God... What what is it you're trying to do here? Open my eyes and help me see 
and understand. Musicians, if you would come, that'll help me find the runway. In 1 Peter 1 and 7, the last phrase of that verse, he said that might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Now, when I think about the rapture, I get happy. It's joy unspeakable. Does anybody ever think about the rapture? I'll be in my tractor and going down the road in my truck, my, my mind, I can come up with some crazy things. You know, the Lord said to give us the desires of our heart. I want a big horse ranch. I believe in heaven. I'm going to get one. And I'll be thinking about the rapture, and I'll be thinking about how it's going to be. But, you know, truthfully, we can't even wrap our mind. We can't even wrap our mind. I, I said that jokingly because I'm, I'm quite sure of one thing. When we do get there, all we're going to want to do is fall at his feet and cry, Holy, holy, holy. Praise the Lord. But Peter's trying to get us to understand that that we're not facing these things and we're not just going through stuff because the Holy Ghost is trying to get us to understand that I'm going through some things. You're going through some things. We have to face some atrocities, but he's preparing us for something. I'm getting your faith prepared, God says. I'm molding you. I'm fixing you. You may not see it, and it may not feel good right now. It may hurt, as a matter of fact. How many in here has ever gotten in trouble by your parents? Now, I'm not talking about a little tongue lashing. I'm talking about some serious pain inflicted. Some of these young kids in here don't know nothing about that. We had the, our... Christian school and, and we was closing the Christian school and at time and I, I got enough paddlings from Brother Rayleigh. I, I still deal with emotional scars from that from time to time. But we we was we was going to move up here to a public school in Brantford and the first thing that you do when the, before the school starts is they let the parents come one night, you know, and meet the teachers and see the school or whatever. My dad had one thing. He went for. He wanted to see the man who was in charge of the paddling list. He had done heard about a paddling list, and he wanted to make sure I was on it. Not, not, not so that he could question them why I received a paddling or, or question what I did wrong because he had one intention. If I got one at school, when I got home, woe be unto me. He inflicted pain, and I had the greatest daddy in the world. I say that with great respect. The only mistake him and my mother ever made was they didn't whip me enough. But, hey, look, look where I'm at now. So all didn't turn out bad. But sometimes the Lord has to inflict some pain. Brother Williams come in a few nights ago, and I, had, I was with my mother, and he said, Brother Jerry, did your mother ever whip you? I said, well, she did when I was little. 
you know. But as I started getting older, my mama realized, see, Daddy, you couldn't never get the timing down. You know, well, Mama, as I got older, it was easy to get the timing down. You knew when it was coming, and you just braced and tightened up, and it didn't hurt as bad. So Mama figured that out, and so she done away with the, with the whippings with the belt. And you do not know real pain. You do not know real trials and tribulations until you come home every day after school for about two weeks and write 200 sentences of all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone. Revelations 21 and 8. Now that's real pain afflicted. And sometimes the Lord, and I know it's not politically correct in the world anymore for good old correction, but that's what's wrong with it now. But sometimes the Spirit of God has to, pardon me for saying this, but sometimes he's got to snatch a knot in us. He's got to inflict some pain. He, he's got to chasten me because he's trying to make me better. And he's trying to help me. And sometimes I can look back on my life over the last 15 years and I, my goodness, 2009 was rough. I about didn't make it. Two, two twelve. I, man, I, I didn't know if I was gonna come through that trial. And 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 then then there was 2015, but it's 2018, and I'm still here. I didn't quit. I didn't falter. I didn't fall. I'm still hanging on. You know, there's a story, and I'll probably get some of this wrong, but you you'll get the gist of it. When when this church was in its infant stages. My uh, brother Tumman and sister Tumman was very discouraged, very discouraged to the point that she, she didn't even come to church. I don't know if it's one night or two nights. That's irrelevant. But, but there was a traveling preacher or evangelist, and he come by, and, and after the service, him and brother Tumman was talking, and brother Tumman was discouraged, and you know didn't know if he wanted to continue or go on, and he said, brother Tumman. As long as you feel the Holy Ghost the way I felt the Holy Ghost in here tonight, don't you quit. Don't, don't you give up. Don't, don't you throw in the towel. And some of you here tonight have been through hell and back. Most people, most people couldn't even have made it through what you've made it through. But look at here. You're still here. You didn't quit. We all, we all can find something to complain about. Sure, there's problems, but let's find something to shout about. Let's find something to encourage one another about. I didn't quit. You didn't quit. Make mistakes? Yes, we did. Trip and fall? Yes, we did. Fumble the ball sometimes? Yes, we did. But my Lord in heaven, look at us now. We're still here. We're still hanging on. Peter said, at the appearing of Jesus Christ, if you would stand across this house with me, Peter said, this is temporary. This is a season. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worth to be compared to the glory which shall be revealed in us. And I'm telling somebody here tonight, you may be hurting. You may be sick right now. You may be down right now, but there is coming a day when the trump of God is going to sound on that great getting up morning, what a day, what a day that's going to be. Devil, I may be down right now. I may be on the mat right now. 
It may look like I'm about to quit, but I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep occupying till he comes. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.